Hey. <laughs> Y'all, I'm a little under the weather, but I've been working hard to get over this cold, okay? So if you hear me sniffle a little, it's okay. I'm on the I'm it's almost over. It's almost over. But I wanna chat about vulnerability. Honestly, I've been thinking a lot about the practice of vulnerability within myself, you know, being honest with myself and what that has done for me, but also making a safe space for other people. That has been something that people have constantly affirmed that I have a gift of making people feel safe and comfortable. I remember, you know, many times having moments with friends where they're crying and they kind of pause in the space of vulnerability and they're like I haven't cried in a long time like I don't know why I'm crying right now like I don't do this (laughs) and I'm like girl you've been emotionally constipated (laughs) no but really it's a testament to the art of creating a safe space and I think it's something that I have done very naturally as long as I can remember and so I know that oftentimes that can be a struggle um I've had friends recently who've been like you know I've been updating them about my relationship and how things are going and they're like hold on what how you how your man so vulnerable this early in the relationship I don't I don't get it like (laughs) what what is the secret what's the tea and I'm like I've been reflecting on that and you know just talking through like how we practice vulnerability you know how we create a safe space for one another and I just felt like you know that's something that we could chat about um because I know oftentimes when people there are certain emotions that when people express them we get uncomfortable right people start crying we like oh I don't know what to do now (laughs) or anger you know sometimes when people get angry we have this tendency to say well when you calm down we can have a conversation no that was just my family okay um remember as a child being so firm in the belief that my emotions doesn't negate my ability to have a rational conversation (laughs) like I mean maybe we need to have a part two you know later on after I've thought about it but I think there's something so sacred and beautiful about being there for folks in those raw moments, you know? And having people isolate themselves when they're having strong emotions, I just think that that can sometimes be more detrimental for how we view our emotions, how we come to understand them, than it is helpful and healthy. Um, And so, I don't know, as much as I fought for that within like my own family dynamic, you know, I fight for that with other people. I fight for them to know that their emotions are okay, they're valid, they're normal, um, and that there's something that can be processed in community. You don't have to isolate yourself um, just because you're having an emotional moment. Um, You're human. There's nothing wrong with that. And so I think that being said, like it starts with your mindset. I think sometimes our reactive discomfort comes from how we perceive emotions and so we have to come to terms with what do we think and feel about emotions um and start with your own like 
when you have emotions whether that are kind of a little bit more on the intense side for you what thoughts come in your head when you practice mindfulness around like your own inner emotional state that is a great place to kind of start when it comes to creating a safe space because we can't if we can't create a safe space for ourselves how can we do it for other people so I would encourage you the next time that you have an emotion that you would characterize as extreme for you or intense to take a deep breath and really be mindful of your thoughts and I'm not saying try and control your thoughts and have positive thoughts no I really want you to allow yourself to be really really honest about what you're thinking and feeling about these emotions you know whether that's like oh hurry up and get this together we can't be doing this in public you know maybe you're at work and you get frustrated and you just feel like oh my god I can't believe I'm crying in public and you know you're trying to instantly calm yourself down like let yourself have that moment and be mindful of what you're thinking what you're feeling even like I think even in those public moments like what are your thoughts about people seeing you cry in public like What do you feel like you have to do as a result of the fact that you're having these emotions in public? Do you feel like you need to hurry up and calm yourself down? Do you need to pretend? Do you need to smile through it? Do you like run and hide and go to the bathroom and try and fix yourself? Like what is your natural innate reaction to this? Um, That's a great starting point. And then once you're kind of aware of that, you know, in this raw state, right? Like, I'm not trying to say refine it. I'm not trying to say fix it up. I'm not trying to tell, like, tell you to try and think a certain kind of way. I want you to be so deeply honest with how you feel about your emotions. And from there, I want you to then think about why. Like, what? I do believe there is some kind of, like, you know, that whole concept of nature and nurture. I think there are certain things that we were, like, taught to think and believe about our emotions like think about when you were a kid and you had like the emotion that you had in that moment whether it was crying like how did people react to that what advice they tell you to do like I remember um a lot of times I I would get in like um I think like arguments with my brothers before we went to church and um when we were getting ready to walk into the door it was like okay um y'all need to fix you need to fix your face because we're gonna go inside (laughs) it's like what (laughs) like this just happened i'm not over it yet and for me it was interesting because like i heard a lot of oh church is where you come as you are like you know um it's a place of healing and hope and you know i witnessed people crying in worship right falling out in worship but I had to well I internalized that I had to show up as if everything was perfect and if you cried during worship cool that's the time when it's supposed to happen but you better show up like it's all together and as a child that was very much a lot to process <laughs> it was very confusing to be honest very very confusing um and so you know that affects or affected um, I think I'm definitely unlearning a lot of those those things that I internalized, but that affected how I dealt with my emotions in public, you know? Because if in church I had to <laughs> show up as if my life was all together, um, then how much more in work? How much more in school, you know? How much more when I'm attending meetings with my parents? Those kind of things. 
So yes, be mindful of your innate reaction. Be mindful of your your thoughts. And then start to kind of trace back where did these thoughts begin to be nurtured? How were they nurtured? How, what things did I hear and see and witness that shaped the way that I'm thinking about these emotions? There is a lot of heart work. Y'all know I love that term that goes into us being able to be a safe space because if like I said if we can't be a safe space for ourselves how can we be that for other people we can't hold space for people that we don't practice holding for ourselves um and we're not always going to hold it perfectly because I'm even learning today that there are some things within myself that I definitely silenced (laughs) even though I would say that you know many of my friends saw me as a safe space and I did advocate for myself to kind of like even in spaces where it wasn't normalized for me to have emotions I would constantly advocate for myself as a child to for that to be okay um for people to hear me and see me in my raw state but yet there were still some areas of my life that it was very challenging to make space for certain emotions right anger was one of them oh my god when I got to college I realized that as much as I was okay with crying in public, anger, I felt like was something I had to do alone. Um, And I remember just being with really, really good friends. Oh, mm, okay, it's coming back to me. Okay, so (laughs) I went to a PWI, predominantly white institution. um, And for much of my upbringing, I was actually in predominantly black schools. Um, Honestly, <laughs> what I often say to give people context is for my high school, there were three um, white individuals and two of them were brothers. <laughs> so, you know, it was definitely a huge change going to a PWI for college. And I remember we went for some of spring break. I signed up to go on this program where we traveled down south and got to got to see a lot of historical spaces and places that were important for, you know, a lot of the um, movements that were done to create space and advocacy for black lives to matter and to be seen as having value. And I remember going on the trip and, you know, all these emotions are coming up. And one of the emotions that was coming up was anger. And I had been suppressing it for most of the year because, you know, um, I wasn't comfortable with being angry in public. And I certainly wasn't comfortable being angry in a predominantly white environment and being characterized as an angry black woman. So here I am on this trip where there is just constant triggers, okay, of the fact that for years it has been characterized publicly that my life doesn't matter as a black person and a black woman and the anger is rising but the purpose of this trip is that we're supposed to be having conversations we're supposed to be open about what we're thinking and feeling right they literally have these listening circles and times where we process together but I just couldn't do it I could not do it and so we would be on these trips and we'd go to like different museums and stuff and I would literally wander off in the middle of this experience um every time and just go and like be alone because I would start getting angry and my friends were like, because I went on the trip with some friends, some people who were very near and dear to me and who I really trusted, right? Um, but even with them, I wasn't being I wasn't being fully myself because I was hiding my anger. 
And I remember they had this time where they separated us um, and they had all the students of color in one group and then all the white students in another. And they were like, and suddenly, you know, so my, I heard my friends kind of talking about how like they were having difficulty processing their emotion. And then it just kind of all bubbled out. And I was like, I'm just so mad. And it was like so unfiltered and raw. And it was so awkward. I know you probably were thinking, I was like, it was such a relief. No, it was so awkward. <laughs> because I did not practice getting angry in public as a general practice. Um, but I couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> And as I was in that moment, I was like, why can't, why, what is it that like anger is one of those things that I couldn't do in public? For many people, it's crying, you know, for many people, they will go off at a store, at a store clerk and target in a hot minute. Okay. Because they didn't get their change back, <laughs> but crying, it was a no go. But for me, it was like, I can cry anyway. I don't care. You know, I've cried, you know. Yeah, in public, on stage, on this podcast. But anger, no. <laughs> and so there are certain emotions that you will probably be like, I just can't do it. This this one, mm-mm. And so it's okay. It may be a gradual process, right? And gradual meaning it may take years. Let's be honest. Like, I know that a lot of times we love that, yeah, just do these five steps and you're going to be able to, you know, be emotionally healed. I'm going to be honest with you. It will take some time because you are unprogramming yourself from years of belief systems that have taught you to think a certain way. Um, And so even in that moment, while I had that amazing emotional release, right, of anger, it didn't mean that instantly I started practicing being angry in front of people. No. (laughs) I still went through, you know, several more years in that institution where I kept my anger hidden or it would have to take a lot of extreme circumstances for me to be public about it or I'd have to have friends who were patient and really sat with me and then you know okay now I'm gonna be honest about the emotion but you know when people ask you like are you okay yeah you okay yeah it was like those kind of things like (laughs) because again years of programming so let's just recap Mindfulness about what you feel and think when you have raw emotions. Really kind of circling back and trailing back to why do you think and feel that way? Like what shaped and nurtured these thoughts that you have? And it it would be helpful to kind of categorize your emotions. Like, okay, sadness, here's where I'm at. Fear, here's where I'm at. Anger, here's where I'm at. You know, grief, here's where I'm at. And even just knowing that there are certain levels and layers. So like getting a feelings chart and being able to see that like maybe anxiety is one of those things where, you know, you're able to kind of like talk about that. Because I would say that's on the scale of fear. But, you know, maybe there are some emotions when it comes to like that feelings chart of fear that you're like, I can't go there. I cannot go there, you know, Um, and that's okay. But I want you to kind of see the feelings chart because you're able to kind of see your progress, see where you are. Because fear is not just one-sided. There's so many layers to fear, right? Um, And there's so many layers to sadness. There's grief, you know, that feeling of loss. 
you know um there's just so much and so being able to kind of see your progress and see where you led with different feelings in these um categories i think is also helpful because then you can like see your progress you can track your progress and things like that now i want to switch to talking about <sighs> creating a safe space for others okay so this is important we all long to be heard seen and safe underneath the whole concept of creating a safe space is our human desire to be seen safe secure and accepted and acknowledged that's really what it's about and that's what it means to create a safe space it means for the person that you're with to, to feel like you see me you don't just see me for who you think i could be right you're not just looking through where i am right now to my potential but you see me right now as i am and you acknowledge that It means you see parts of my past and you hold space for that. And you don't hold my past as a limitation in my progress. It means that I am safe here. It means that my relationship with you isn't at jeopardy because of the truth. I'm safe here. It means my emotions won't be invalidated in this space, in this time with you. It means you will not tell me how to think and feel. You will just simply be and allow me to be. It means you will make room for the possibility that maybe right now I don't want advice I don't need advice I just need you to see me and be with me honestly safe spaces requires you to be able to wear multiple hats sometimes we have to put on the coaching hat with friends and coaches do not tell you what it is they simply ask you what's within They don't say, well, it sounds like you are dealing with. No, that's a therapist. (laughs) They are like, how does that make you feel? Why do you think that is? They ask you questions that cause you to go within. And sometimes you may have to put on the hat of giving advice, but you want to ask them do you want advice or do you just want me to listen and so when you're beginning this space and place of being a safe space i would say practice asking before assuming i'll be honest empathy is like high on my list okay so i typically can kind of sense where things are going but when you're just kind of starting out I would say practice asking your friend, do you 
need advice right now or do you just want someone to listen you know and that's okay and respect what they say don't assume what they need assume that they know what they need right and assume that even if you think they need more that God is big enough to give them that in other spaces and places and time but you respect what they have verbalized to you I think a lot of times we feel like we are the delegate of God himself and if I don't sit here and tell them what it is right here right now and let them know the truth where else are they gonna girl (laughs) sat down God is big enough if God created every single thing in the universe all of that can be used to get a message through to them. They could be looking at the sunset and suddenly they're getting downloaded with the word that they needed. Right? So I think it's like us being humble enough to respect what people are saying they need and honor and trust that God can give them the needs that maybe they're not aware of or not acknowledging or not able to receive in that moment. And again, that goes back to your mindset, right? It's not just our, like, yes, starting with your mindset about being aware of what within you causes you to feel certain ways about emotions. And then being aware of, like, what thoughts do you have about your role? And how does that play into, like, your ability to just trust that things will work out, that they will get what they need? Because God is big enough, right? Um, so I think our ability to sometimes respect what people's wishes comes from our ability to trust God. I think they're, they're connected and they're correlated. Like trust, trust, it goes back to trust. So I'm going to pause here and I want you to take space and place and time (laughs) Yes, space as in mental space, emotional space. And yes, place as in physical space, whether you need to go on a walk, whether you need to run a hot bath, whether you need to literally go on a trip to be in a different environment that will allow you to take the mental space. Because sometimes being around all of our stuff that's on repeat, right? Our work that's on repeat, the chores that are on repeat, we've seen the dishes been in the sink for the last two weeks. Sometimes it doesn't allow us to take mental space. And I think that what we're talking about here today is going to cause you to need to take mental space and take time to just sit and be with yourself, be with your story, be with your experiences, be with your truth. You deserve it. You need it. The people in your life who are connected to you need you to take the space and the time to get honest with yourself so that you can be there for them because they are not in your life by accident. 
You are fully equipped to journey with them in this season, but it's going to take you emptying out some of that old age old clutter to make room for them and who they are and what they're feeling, what they're thinking, but you're going to have to move some stuff out the way. You're going to have to move some stuff out of the way. And yes, I know that this has been how you have been for X amount of years. But can I tell you, you can evolve. As humans, we evolve. If the trees can change in season, why cannot we more complex beings evolve? You can and you will and you must people and your purpose depends on you evolving and you letting go and releasing (coughs) I told y'all I was sick (laughs) y'all let me get some water okay (laughs) I'm gonna leave you with this You were designed and created with everything you need within. And you deserve to take the space to breathe deep. And make space and time for you to heal. For you to hear, hear yourself. Hear your fears. Hear your worries. Hear your cries, hear your anger, hear your grief, hear the grief that you have been hiding and holding on to. Hear it. Make space for yourself to just be released. And when I say release, I don't mean forget. Because it is your stories and your memories that have shaped you and that will Be a part of your ability to help others heal. But I mean, we file it in a different drawer. We file it in a different drawer. Repurpose it for a greater purpose. life looks like beyond the lens of pain betrayal I just want you to remember we are all just figuring life out one day at a time one choice at a time one moment at a time one thought at a time and you You can evolve. You can grow from here. You can grow through what you go through. And yes, looking at all the puzzle pieces of what you've been through, what you've seen, what you've experienced, what you've felt, what has hurt you, it is hard to see what kind of picture it will paint. 
when all the pieces come together, I know. But I want you to know you don't have to do it alone. You don't. Together, we are all figuring life out. One day at a time, one choice at a time, one moment at a time. Keep going. It will become clearer as time goes on. I love our talks together. And I love making space for you to listen deeply to yourself. You deserve it. You really 